Welcome to Dead Pilot Society, the show that takes comedy pilots from A-list writers that were sold and developed at networks but never produced and gives them the table reads they never got a chance to have. I am Andrew Reich, the creator and host of Dead Pilot Society. All right, so Mel Brooks' autobiography just came out, and I haven't read it yet. Uh, I'm gonna. But I have to share some quotes from an interview that Mel did with Michael Shulman for The New Yorker because this is the greatest thing I've ever read uh, about how to take notes from a studio or network or whoever. I'm not going to do a Mel impression because I can't do that, but Michael Shulman uh, says, you, you, says to him, you have some wonderful stories of basically getting away with stuff at the studios. And Mel says, I learned one very simple trick. Say yes. Simply say yes. Like Joseph E. Levine on The Producer said, the curly-haired guy, he's funny looking, fire him. He wanted me to fire Gene Wilder. And I said, yes, he's gone. I'm firing him. I never did, but he forgot. After the screening of Blazing Saddles, the head of Warner Brothers threw me into the manager's office, gave me a legal pad and a pencil, and gave me maybe 20 notes. He would have changed Blazing Saddles from a daring, funny, crazy picture to a stultified, dull, dusty old western. He said, no farting. I said, it's out. And then Michael Shulman says that that's probably the most famous scene in the movie, the campfire scene. And Mel says, I know. He said, you can't punch a horse. I said, you'll never see it again. I kept saying, you're absolutely right. It's out. And then when he left, I crumpled up all his notes and I tossed it in the waste paper basket. You say yes and you never do it. Shulman says, that's great advice for life. And Mel says, it is. Don't fight them. Don't waste your time struggling with them and trying to make sense to them. They'll never understand. All right, that's Mel Brooks. Am I going to take that advice myself? I don't know. Um, But that is amazing. Our dead pilot this week comes from Kristen Bartlett. Kristen was a writer on Saturday Night Live and is now the head writer on Full Frontal with Samantha Bee. Her pilot is Big Wishes, and it is about a woman who starts a -a Make-A-Wish program for adults. Now... Regular listeners may notice that we have brought you several pilots that deal with death and disease. And maybe there's a reason that these pilots end up here on Dead Pilot Society. But these are worthy projects that find the comedy in difficult subjects. And the networks seem to want to put these shows on the air. They buy these pitches and specs, but never quite enough to actually do it. But this, uh, this pilot's a lot of fun. And though it was sold to a broadcast network, this is definitely Kristen's more PG-13 preferred version. So I guess a sexual content warning for the younger listeners, I guess. Our cast for this one. From a black lady sketch show, Ashley Nicole Black. From Hawaii Five-0, Megan Rath. Uh, a writer uh, for Saturday Night Live, Nick Coker. Uh, from WandaVision, Asif Ali. Dead Pilot Society regular. From Steven Universe and the best show, legend Tom Sharpling. From American Splendor, James Urbaniak. Another legend from Saturday Night Live, Lorraine Newman. From Broad City, Cody Linquist. From Difficult People, Jason Gore, who happens to be married to our writer and also actor in this from Full Frontal with Samantha B. And SNL, Kristen Bartlett. All right, now please enjoy Big Wishes by Kristen Bartlett. 
Hey there, beautiful people. I'm Travel Anderson. And I'm Jared Hill. We are the hosts of Fanti, the show where we have complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives, the things that we really, really love sometimes, but also have some problematic feelings about. Yes, we get into it all. You want to know our thoughts about Nicki Minaj and all her foolishness? We got you. You want to know our thoughts about gentrification and perhaps some positive question mark Uh aspects of gentrification? We get into that too. Every single Thursday, you can check us out at MaximumFun.org. Listen, you know you want it, honey, so come on and get it. (laughs) Period. All right, I'm here with Kristen Bartlett. Uh, Welcome, Kristen. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be here. So tell us a little bit about what we're about to hear. This is a half-hour comedy called Big Wishes, and it is um, a dark and light, happy comedy about death and a -A Make-A-Wish Foundation for adults and the selfish, stupid things that we adults would want before we die. Nice. And uh, tell me just a little bit about the history of this, where you sold it and with whom and yeah. Sure. Um, So this, I wrote this as a spec in 2019 and uh, took it around to some producers uh, in the fall of 2019. And I met with Brett Pirtle and James Griffiths of FIFIFO, FIFIFO, right? Brett, say it right, right? Um, right, I don't know. (laughs) And also uh, Phoebe Robinson and Jose Acevedo of Tiny Reparations. And both of those guys happened to be, um, have exclusive deals with ABC Signature. And so they lovingly and kindly agreed to work together on producing it. And then the pandemic happened. And so it took a good long while uh, that we ended up pitching it to several Disney-owned networks and ABC bought it. And so ABC was was open to this very sort of death (laughs) focus. Uh, I don't know what was wrong with them. (laughs) They were open to it to a to a to a certain extent, but then not at the end. Um, (laughs) That's why we do this podcast. Uh, Yeah, no, they were willing to take a chance. I think they liked the comedy of it. Um, It was my very first network pitch ever. Um, which was terrifying and exciting um, and also very spoiling because I didn't have to pitch too hard. I could only do like a short little tee up for them to read the script. But I pitched it um, end of May 2020. And I think the pandemic hadn't become a real thing in LA yet. (laughs) I think you guys were just like living your lives and and thinking it wasn't going to be real. You and I was feeling York. really superior at that point. I think. <laughs> you were, you were. And I was in New York and not feeling superior. <laughs> um, but thank God that was the way the timeline worked because they were willing on June 1st, 2020 to purchase a show about death. Um, and then I think they weren't. <laughs> but it was an amazing process of like uh, working with them and this it started as a spec that was pretty edgy um, and getting it to be something that was more broadcast friendly. It was a really big, wonderful learning experience. All right. Well, I look forward to, I got a lot more questions, but we'll do that (laughs) in the longer interview, but we've, you know, with your help, just have an amazing, amazing cast to read this pilot. So I can't wait. So thank you, Kristen. Thank you. Let's, Let's get into it. This is 
Big Wishes, the pilot written by Kristen Bartlett. It's the cold open. We're in a New Jersey salon. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month and Locks of Love is throwing a hair today, gone tomorrow party. Every chair is full as ladies of all ages have their crowning glory chopped off for a cause. A woman in her 50s, very tan, looks in the mirror. I'm doing this for mom. I just wish she were here to appreciate it. Snip. A self-righteous mom holds the hand of her five-year-old daughter, whose blonde hair is long enough to sit on. Oh, Gia, any trash mom can raise a smart kid, a talented kid, a kid who's good at sports. It takes a gifted mom to raise a nice kid. Snip. Carla Knox, dying to help, stares in the mirror. Her wet black and purple hair drips into her face. I've always thought about doing this. I mean, I know it's just hair, but it's something I can do. The stylist pulls Carla's hair into a ponytail and uses her fingers to demonstrate the 10 inches that she'll lose. You doing this for someone special? I'm doing this for my best friend, Hyacinth. Uh, no, you aren't. Hyacinth Pierce, actually dying, doesn't look up from her phone. She wears a silk Hermes scarf over her bald head. Locks of love doesn't give wigs to grown-ups. Snip, the stylist chucks Carla's ponytail into a box of hair. What? It's fucked up. You get cancer at 10, free wig. 27, sorry, sicko, you're on your own. I wish I got cancer at 10. Gia's mother scoffs. She doesn't really mean that. Uh, yes, I do. Nobody gives dying olds free shit. And we deserve it more. You should be ashamed. What? It's true. I have more to lose than... Uh... Hyacinth gestures at Gia. Okay, you're done. Carla looks in the mirror. Her hair is choppy and weird. Are you going to even it out or... No, you're done. Rude. Let's get out of here, Carla. Hyacinth snatches a ponytail from the box of hair as everyone in the salon stares. And you bitches don't deserve my best friend's hair. I don't think that's mine. And that's the end of the cold open. We're in act one. We're in a mall in the food court. Hyacinth savors a Chick-fil-A nugget, dipping it pornographically into Polynesian sauce. Carla slinks in her chair. She's wearing her work uniform, a bowling shirt with the logo for Go to the Mattresses. I really wish you wouldn't pick this place. It's anti-LGBTQ. I have one week till my next round of chemo and everything goes back to tasting like metal. I need this. Oh, speaking of, I took Monday off. No, 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 no. I don't want you there. No, it's too depressing. Just just come over after and we can watch fail videos. I hate when people fail. Carla nervously steals a Burger King tray from the next table, assembling the trash to pass off as her own. You are so obsessed with always doing the right thing. So more people should be. What's actually right is eating Chick-fil-A with your best friend because you love her. Fine. She eats a nugget and is instantly judged by two woke teens. My friend has cancer! And we go to the sunglass kiosk. Hyacinth and Carla try on aviators. When are you going back to school? I've got things under control now. Well, I already moved my stuff back into Dev's place, so you're stuck with me. Wait, you're not fucking Dev again. Well, he's there. Shit, I've ruined your life. And they sit in coin-operated massage chairs. I love having you home, but, but please don't put your life on hold for me. Hi, you kind of are my life, especially now. They reach out and hold each other's hands. It's a sweet moment. 
until a creep vibrating beside them groans. We're probably sitting in five years worth of old cum. Hyacinth jumps out easily from her chair. Carla tries to follow, but vaguely sticks to her recliner. Oh, God. Ew. Ew. Later, they walk the mall, passing stores displaying pink products for breast cancer awareness, lingerie, kitchen supplies. Carla inspects a cleaning for a reason, pink Swiffer. Who decided to paint everything pink to raise awareness? It's bullshit. We're already aware. Carla sets the Swiffer down, but it falls, knocking down other Swiffers. She rushes away from the scene. So I have only one week to do all the things that I can't do when I'm on chemo. Go out and get wasted. Love it. Eat a bunch of fried trash. Love it. And I want to have a threesome with two dudes. Ew, hate it. Hear me out. I've done two girls. One girl, one guy. But this, it's hard enough to find one guy who doesn't freak out over a double mastectomy. But two? And you want my help? Be my wing woman. I don't know how to meet guys. I'm hooking up with my ex just so I don't have to talk to someone new. Carla, it's taken it's taken ages to feel even slightly like myself. And next week, that goes away again. I, I, I just want to enjoy it as much as I can before it does. Okay, I'll help. Really? Really. But you have to buy me that abomination of a Cinnabon. They've reached a Cinnabon display. Assorted pink Cinnabons for the cure are decorated to look like tits. Jesus Christ. And then we're in another part of the mall at Go to the Mattresses. It's a small fluorescent lit store showcasing a dozen mattresses. Two customers lie on a mattress, eyes closed, peacefully. What can I do to get you into this bed today? They open their eyes and reveal Alex Flynn, handsome, eager to prove himself. He's lying next to them. Could we just have a minute? Of course. They roll off and onto another bed. Alex rolls with them. Without you? Offended, he rolls off the bed and over to the counter where Carla and Marilyn, in her 50s, Alex's mother, scroll Carla's phone. Alex sees the cinnaboob Carla's eating and winks. She blushes. Think Hyacinth would go for this one? Marilyn peers through her glasses and swipes. On the phone, a series of shirtless guys holding big fish. Why do all these men hold a fish? Alex, maybe you should hold a fish. I don't need to hold a fish, Mom. It didn't hurt. Alex notices his customer shaking hands with his father, Ernie, neatly dressed, trying to hide how tired he is. Give me a call through any issues with delivery. As they leave, Ernie pulls out a hanky to dab his forehead. Dad, I had that under control. You have to let me help. I'm fine. But you have a lot to learn here they didn't teach you at Princeton. Ernie brushes him off and walks with effort up to Carla. Carla, my dear, we love having you back home. I promised you'd always have a job and you always will. Until the place goes under when you have another heart attack. How's your mother? She's in Seattle now. Lovely city. A lot of suicides. Good people. Serial killers. Come over next week. I'll make pierogi your favorite. What about me? You think you can just pick up what I've worked my whole life to build and you will destroy it. You can still have pierogi. And we go to Dev's apartment. It's night. Dev Kulkarni, famous in his own mind, proudly lays out a plate of panko crusted cod in front of Hyacinth and Carla. Hyacinth picks up her fork. Ah, hold up. He takes a selfie with the cod and types. Ooh, hashtag panko. You're being sponsored by Panko? 
No, I want to be sponsored by Panko. He advertises products for free and hopes that they'll eventually pay. It's a plan. Today I influence a few. Tomorrow I influence the whole goddamn world. Carla pulls out her phone and proudly hands it to Hyacinth. Look at the two handsome gentlemen I've picked for your threesome. Nah, pass. What? The one holding a copy of Infinite Jest is cute? They're both holding Infinite Jest. I, I, don't, I, I don't do apps. No, this is not me. I mean, I hate to butt in, ladies, but I could make myself available for you. Oh, it's not a threesome with me, Dev. Okay. Dev shrugs and starts making a TikTok of the meal. But you, you want to sleep with my best friend without me? Please tell me Dev's not coming to the club with us. I could. Carla quietly shakes her head. Hyacinth exhales in relief. We go to the nightclub on the dance floor. Carla struts up with Chris and Derek, two chiseled guys. This is Chris and this is Derek. Chris is a model. Derek is a chef. Hyacinth looks them over, bored. Neither of them has a podcast. Hyacinth immediately walks them onto the dance floor and grinds against them. As they dance, Hyacinth seductively kisses Chris and then locks lips with Derek. Then Chris and Derek turn and kiss passionately. They box Hyacinth out. She dejectedly walks back to the sidelines. So did I make a match or what? You did, but not for me. Carla and Hyacinth watch the guys make out. Wow. They just look right together. A beefy Jersey guy in his 20s hands Carla a drink. You ladies DTF? Yes. No, I mean, I'm not, but my friend is. She has cancer. She hands the drink to Hyacinth. The Jersey guy crumbles. No. Oh, man, my dad died of cancer. The Jersey guy hugs Hyacinth, sobbing over his shoulder. You don't have to tell them about the cancer thing. Well, that would be lying. Sometimes the wrong thing is the right thing to do. I never got to say goodbye to him. The bouncer interrupts them. You, out. You're killing the vibe. Carla nods and grabs their things. Can I get your number? Oh, honey, absolutely not. We go to a pottery class. Hyacinth narrows her eyes at a pottery lady in her 50s who enters wearing a pink ribbon. She glumly chucks clay onto her wheel. I was stupid to think I could have any real distraction from this. Can't even get spit roasted. No one deserves to get spit roasted more than you. We can't give up. Carla spots the class instructor. He's gorgeous, leaning over another student. She punches Hyacinth's pot. What the hell? The class instructor rushes over and straddles her chair like Patrick Swayze in Ghost. Just relax. We can save this. He places (laughs) his hands over Hyacinth's and molds a perfect pot. See? It's all in the wrists. Need any help with yours? No. But I do need help with something. Carla. I need you to fuck my friend. Uh. She's about to do her second round of chemo, but before she goes, she wants to have a devil's threesome. It's like her make wish Sure beats a trip to Disney World. I'm sorry for my friend. She's... Uh... I'll do it. <laughs> really? Really. He shrugs, grinning. We need a third. Who's a third? The only other man in the class stops spinning his pot. I'm a third! Hyacinth stands up, hands still covered in mud. Uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll call you later. Go! Go have sex with two people! As they leave, pride washes over Carla until the pottery lady with the pink ribbon speaks. Thanks for ruining pottery class. 
Do you have any idea what I've invested to smash that? I'm allergic to clay. She angrily waves her scaly red arms at Carla. We go to Hyacinth's apartment. Hyacinth and the two guys fall in the door making out. She stops and grabs a bombshell red wig from a mannequin head. In Dev's apartment at the same time, Carla lies in bed with Dev, the comforter up to her neck. Want to mess around? Carla shrugs and nods. There's nothing or no one better to do. We intercut with Hyacinth in the wig, passionately kissing each guy. Carla and Dev have very mechanical missionary sex. She stares at the ceiling where Dev has hung his own headshot. Oh, yeah, it's an 8 by 11. Oh, my God, I love it when you keep your shirt on. Hyacinth wraps her legs around one guy. The other lifts her. I'm squirting! I thought squirting was a myth! Squirting is real! Dev collapses on Carla. Oh! Dev, you did it again. Did you just say your own... Carla's phone rings. Dev rolls off and she answers it. Carla, I just had sex. Yes, we did it! I never would have thought to sabotage my own pottery. Sometimes the wrong thing is the right thing to do. I love you. Hyacinth hangs up. Can we see you again? Oh, honey, absolutely not. And that's the end of Act One. I'm Judge John Hodgman. And I'm Bailiff Jesse Thorne. Ten years ago, I came on Jordan Jesse Go and judged my first dispute. Is chili a soup? It's a stew, obviously. The judge has dispensed a decade of justice. He's the one person wise enough to answer the really important questions. Like, should you hire a mime to perform at your own funeral? After they cry, I want them to laugh. Do you really need a tank full of jellyfish in your den? They smell like living creatures decaying. (laughs) Only if they are decaying. Yeah, which they will be. Real people, real justice, real comedy. Winner of the Webby Award for Best Comedy Podcast. The Judge John Hodgman Podcast, every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. You know, as a writer, you often have those days where you feel uninspired. And the other day, um, I was looking at my stack of cookbooks, thinking about what to make for dinner, and I felt uninspired. You know what the answer is? It's Green Chef, because Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Are you looking for gluten-free, plant-based? You should be looking for plant-based, calorie-conscious, carb-conscious, or you just want to have delicious, balanced dishes. Green Chef has flavorful, good-for-you recipes that are sure to satisfy Green Chef's expert chefs curate every recipe so you can enjoy nutritious, restaurant-quality dishes at home without compromising on taste. Face it, you're feeling uninspired. We've all been cooking at home. You know, we're getting out there a bit more, but it's still been a lot of time cooking at home, and we're getting uninspired. Let Green Chef provide the inspiration for you. Uh, It's just great. You get one of these boxes, and it's all there. You don't have to think about it. And the meals are fun. They're easy to do. You can do it with your kids, your partner. Um, Go to greenchef.com slash deadpilots10 and use code deadpilots10 to get 10 free meals, including free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash deadpilots10 and use code deadpilots10 to get 10 free meals. Act two, 
We are in a sunny room in a Catholic church. A laminated sign reads, Sick and Tired, a support group for people with terminal illness. A group of all ages sits in a circle. I was so sore, I had to sit on a bag of frozen green beans. Robbie, the hopeful but put-upon group leader, squirms. And that's a good thing? Bertie, in her 80s, lowers her knitting. That's a great thing. I always thought squirting was a myth. Squirting is real. Okay, uh, let's get back to the share circle. We have a new member, Jack. He gestures to Jack Spencer, 50, wearing a Springsteen tee. Jack Spencer. Uh, tell us why you're here, Jack. Well, let's see. Uh, Ten years ago, I had my first open heart surgery, five bypasses. Last year, I got this. With his cane, he taps a small device in a bag. A cord snakes out of it and runs under his shirt. Elbag. My heart in a bag. It worked until it didn't. Now I'm in hospice. I'm so sorry. Oh, don't be. I'm a lucky man. Some people have to wait around getting sicker. I get to pick the day I turn off my electric heart. So I'm going on September 11th. So they'll never forget me. That, that means you have three weeks. About that, yeah. What are you going to do with them? More of the same, I guess. I don't have anyone granting my wishes. Well, what if you did? If I could do anything? Well, I, I'd see Springsteen one last time. You can. He's playing MetLife Stadium this weekend. And I perform live on stage with him in the E Street Band. Jack, part of what we do here is learn how to come to terms with dreams that can't come true. Hyacinth furiously texts Carla. A guy in group has a final wish to play MetLife with Springsteen. Can you work your magic again? <laughs> LOL, no prop, done. Yeah, I suppose it's silly. Jack, my friend Carla is a genius at helping people. It's, it's, like, it's like her whole deal. She can get you on stage with the boss. I know it. Well, all right, let's do it. And we cut to go to the mattresses. Alex stands by a pyramid-shaped stack of air mattress boxes and inflates one. Carla and Hyacinth read the display. Tough enough self-inflating the air mattress tough enough to hump on? Well? I don't know if it should come right out and say hump, you know? Carla, this is a flagship product. Everyone has air mattresses. Only we have air mattresses tough enough to hump on. Just test it out. Hyacinth plops down on the mattress and tries to lift her legs over her head, but accidentally flops off. No, this wouldn't work for me. But I do like that it's waterproof. Carla lies down on it, arms and legs extended stiffly. It would work for me. Ernie rushes into the store and sees the display. What is this? Carla bounces up and runs with Hyacinth out of the store. Get stuffed on Tough Enough? Alexander, are you crazy? We're a mom and pop store. Well... How do you think people become moms and pops? I'll never be able to retire. Dad, you don't want to retire. Send them back. God, this is bullshit. He angrily kicks a box hard. The mattress inside violently inflates, bursting out, and the pyramid crashes down. We go to the food court at the mall. Carla and Hyacinth sit at a table. Okay, I made you a care package to get you through next week. She excitedly hands Hyacinth a basket of nausea meds and adult coloring books. Hyacinth pulls out a DVD of Beaches. That reminded me of us. 
Do you think you're Bette Midler? No, I just thought. <laughs> I don't, I don't need any more sick stuff. I got coffee this morning. You know what the barista asked me? How are you feeling? I hate when people do that. You don't even want the cat puzzle? I already have cancer. Don't make it worse. I know you want to take care of me, but I have nurses. I want, I, I want my best friend. No pity baskets. Got it. So the guy I texted you about from the group, what's our, what's our game plan? Wait, you think I was serious? Yes. You helped me. Why not help someone else? Hyacinth, we can't help someone perform on stage with Springsteen. We need money and connections. Jack, looking especially frail, walks behind Carla, but she doesn't see him. He uses a walker and drags his elbow. He has a literal broken heart. I cannot get him on stage with Springsteen. He's going to die on September 11th. How do you know that? And, and I can't get him on stage with Springsteen. He's standing right behind you. Carla turns around and sees Jack. He gives a meek smile. I'll get you on stage with Springsteen. And we go to Hyacinth's bedroom. Carla furiously types on her laptop and Hyacinth watches TV. On TV, there's an ad for Go to the Mattresses. Alex stands in the store as brightly colored graphics whiz by him. Some stores let you test a bed for just 10 minutes. Lame. At Go to the Mattresses, you can spend the whole night. Sleep before you keep. Well, that's a bad idea. Yeah. But Alex is cute, right? Hyacinth turns and looks at Carla, surprised by this development. She nods encouragingly. Uh, the concert's completely sold out. Check StubHub. I did. Tickets are 600 bucks and we need at least two. Three. No way I'm missing that. Are you sure it's healthy to be in a crowd with your immune system? Never mind. Friend, not nurse. Carla scrolls through Ticketmaster. Oh, okay. Here's something just as good. Time for plan B. Plan B. Everyone has fun and no one gets pregnant. <laughs> I love plan B. And we go to New Park Tavern. It's a divey Irish pub. The E Road Band plays. Carla, Hyacinth, Alex, and Jack look miserable, but Dev is really feeling it. Thank you. We're the E Road Band. I hate plan B. Jack, what do you think? Jack nods and smiles, but is clearly disappointed. Now we'd like to bring up someone very special. Put your hands together for Mr. Jack Spencer. No, 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 no that, that's all right. Don't you want to get up there? I, I know you folks tried, but this just isn't it. I, I mean, I hope you don't mind if I just watch tonight. Are you not? Is, is he not coming up? Carla shakes her head and mouths, sorry. Guess that means we finally have time to do an original. Yeah! No! I want to hear the new stuff. I want to hear the new stuff. Message received. Here's glory days again. We go to the path train. Carla, miserable, rides the crowded train with Hyacinth. Of course Jack was disappointed. You didn't respect him enough to give him what he asked for. It was a decent compromise. Come on. This is Jack's dying wish. He doesn't want a decent compromise. And neither would you. You're right. Jack deserves to have his dream come true. Everyone does. So what are you going to do? I'm going to make this happen for Jack any way I can. You could give a roadie an HJ. An HJ is not enough. That is the way I do it. How do you do it? 
We go to MetLife Stadium. It's the stage door. Sound check echoes in the background. Carla, uncomfortable in tiny leather shorts and a tube top, bangs on the side door. A security guard opens it and sizes her up. Are you trying to be a groupie? I'm here for Bruce. Ma'am, do you know how old Bruce Springsteen is? He is 71. Uh, well, that does it. He, he's got three kids with his wife who is here performing with him. I'm sorry. I'm actually here with a very sick man, and his dying wish is to sing with Springsteen. You're embarrassing yourself. Right here trying to break up a marriage. He's dying on September 11th. Have some respect for me. Have some respect for yourself. He slams the door in Carla's face. Carla pulls a copy of Rolling Stone from her bag and knocks again. He opens it. I'm also a rock journalist from Rolling Stone magazine. Ma'am, you need to go to church. We go to the parking lot. Hyacinth and Jack tailgate with Bruce fans. Carla slumps over to them, picking at a wedgie that won't come out. Jack, I'm really sorry. I, I didn't think it would work. Those shorts keep riding up and it's really hard to look at. I thought so, too. Why didn't you tell me? They shrug. Here's what we do. We wait till the show's going. A few songs in. That's when the scalpers unload their tickets. That's when we strike. Later, Carla and Jack walk in front of the stadium where several shady-looking people pace the sidewalk. We just have to find out which one of these guys is a scalper. Hun, I think they all are. A scalper holding an I need tickets sign yells to them. Tickets! I need tickets! Give me your tickets! No, we don't have tickets. We also need tickets. Right, right, right. Come over here. No, you, you said you need tickets. Carla, he's trying to help us. How? He doesn't have tickets, sir. We need to find a scalper. Okay, lady, look at me in the eyes. I am a scalper. This is my job. Cops immediately appear and arrest him. He drops the tickets. Motherfucker, God damn it. As they walk away, Carla picks up his tickets. Jesus, that dude was a scalper. And these are floor seats. Carla screams in Jack's face. He clutches his heart. Oh, shit. Sorry. Later, Carla and Hyacinth run into the stadium, pulling Jack. Excuse me, excuse me, make room. They push through fans and Hyacinth disappears in the crowd. Wait, we lost Hyacinth. Hi! Hyacinth crowd surfs by. Hey, bitch! Carla pushes her way over to her and pulls her down. Hyacinth, no, you can't do shit like this anymore. You act like you're not sick. How else should I act? Your chemo cycle starts tomorrow. So? So you're the one with cancer. Why am I the one taking it seriously? Hyacinth, Jack, and Carla make their way to the front. All I wanted was one week, one week to feel normal. So you're mad because I care? Girls. I don't need you to remind me that I'm sick. I think about it pretty much all the time. Girls. From the stage, we see the crowd dancing in the dark plays and a mesmerized Jack has made it to the front row. Beside him, a gorgeous woman dances. An arm reaches out from the stage to pull her up to the dance, and then... Not today. This one's for Jack. Carla body checks her, knocking her to the ground. Hey! Instead, Jack grabs the hand and is pulled on stage. Oh my god, I just hit a person. I've never hit a person in my whole life. Did you see that high? Carla turns. Hyacinth is gone. Then she looks at the stage and gasps. I did it. It's happening. Sir, put that down. Jack, no, put down Bruce's guitar. The guard tackles Jack with a crunch and the crowd groans. Be careful, he's already dying. That's the end of act two.
Act three, we're at Go to the Mattresses. The store is a zoo. People in pajamas eat breakfast in bed. Kids run around. A teen couple is making out on a mattress. Come on. Where are your parents? I don't know. Where are your parents? Alex hey, pulls Carla. out his phone and dials Carla. Carla, where are you? Is Jack okay? We intercut with Carla at the oncology center waiting room. I just left him at the hospital. He's great. I mean, his body is badly bruised and broken, but he's great. Now I'm picking high up from chemo. If she'll let me. Alex sits on the edge of a, on the end of a bed. An elegant woman snuggling with her dog removes her eye mask. Some of us are trying to sleep. Ma'am, it is 2 p.m. Carla, I'm freaking out. This was a bad idea. People are living here. Oh, God. You need to get everyone out before Ernie sees them. And Ernie appears at the entrance of the store. Oh, too late. What in the hell? All of you, get out of my store now. They all listen to Ernie and quickly file out. Dad, calm down. Your heart. Alex, I've given you every advantage in the world. What is wrong with you? I'm just trying to help you. I didn't ask for it. Get this place cleaned up. He angrily leaves the store. Alex collapses onto a mattress. The teen couple tries to sneak back in. No, no, out. And at the oncology center, Hyacinth, looking weak and pale, enters the lobby. Her shoulders slump when she sees Carla. Hyacinth, you never called me back. How are you feeling? I said I could do this on my own. Carla, follow Carla follows her outside where an Uber is waiting. Well, I want to help you. Then listen to what I want. To the Uber driver. If I vom, it's because of chemo, so you still have to give me five stars. Hyacinth climbs in the backseat and the car leaves. I go to the mattresses. It looks like the aftermath of a party. Alex picks up discarded cups. Carla enters. Oh, I thought you were with... Uh... She didn't need me. You look like your day was shit, too. You know, I chose to come home and help Dad. I could be working anywhere. I think it's really cool that you came back. Well, you're the only one. Dad doesn't realize he can't do the same things that he used to. Yeah, we're just trying to help them. I wish Hyacinth could see that. Oh, hey, uh, I've got something I thought you could give to Hyacinth. Hyacinth doesn't want me to give her anything right now. She just wants to be alone. He hands Carla a baggie of weed gummies. Edibles? Homemade edibles. Homemade by me. Impressive, but high as all the weed she wants right now, it's kind of the only perk. She doesn't have these, trust me. I don't know how to be with her when she's like this. Look, back when I played Ultimate, my bud Frank got ball cancer. Oh no, you played Ultimate Frisbee. No, no, I dominated. Oh. Anyway, Frank didn't want us fawning all over him, so we just pretended he was drunk. It's basically the same. They're loopy. They barf. I should treat high like she's drunk. No, Frank was kind of an alcoholic. That solution was like specific to him. I'm just saying all he wanted was to feel normal. Alex, I don't care what other people say. You are smart. Go to Hyacinth's apartment. The doorbell rings. Hyacinth opens her door and sees Carla. I'm sorry. Carla holds up the gummies and a flash drive. Hmm. You brought me edibles. And a flash drive? It's eight hours of fail videos. No, but you hate when people fail. Hyacinth grabs it and plugs it in her laptop and presses play. On the computer, a wedding party on a pier falls in the ocean. It doesn't matter. You love it. A stream of fail videos continues playing in the background. Hi, 
I need to tell you something. I didn't come home just for you. I came home because things in Virginia weren't going well. What do you mean? I went to grad school because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Now I'm really in debt and I still don't know. I feel stuck and I've had one real friend since I was 10 years old and I am terrified, terrified of losing her. Hyacinth pulls her into a hug. Carla, I love you. I had no idea. Hyacinth hands her gummies over and Carla pulls a tiny piece. I don't know what my life is right now and I don't want to smother you, but I need you here with me. Come to my support group tomorrow. It's the only place I can go where I know no one's feeling sorry for me. Everyone's, everyone's the same. Okay, I'll be there. On the computer, Dev pops a bottle of champagne. The cork pops in his face. He drops the bottle and it sprays all over him. My eyes! Was that Dev? He's in like a third of them. And we go to the sick and tired meeting room. Hyacinth and Carla enter. Bertie beelines over to them. Are you the woman who made Jack's wish come true? Jack, who's basically in one big cast, happily groans. I guess it was like two seconds. Two exquisite seconds. Well, followed by three days of internal bleeding, but you know, who cares? I stood on the stage with Bruce Springsteen. Everyone over here, this is the girl who grants wishes. I do? You said you didn't know what to do with your life. You said you don't know what your life is. What if it's this? Here's what I want. You know how people say no one on their deathbed wishes for one more day at the office? Yeah? Not me. I hate my family. People surround them, including a sick teen who's using a wheelchair. I have six weeks left, and all I want before I go is to see the new Spider-Man. How old are you? 17. This isn't for you. You have Make-A-Wish. This is for us. Everyone, take a seat. Robbie, this is a girl who grants wishes. So I hear. Where can everyone find you after the meeting? Carla sits in the circle, startled. Hyacinth beams. I guess you can come by the mall tomorrow. I work at Go to the Mattresses. Oh, Ernie Store? I'll be there. Yes, yes, and bring all your friends. As the group begins, Carla leans over to Hyacinth. So I guess we're going to do this? We already are. And that's the end of Act 3. The tag, we're in Go to the Mattresses. Carla walks into the store and freezes. It's packed with a dozen adults in various stages of dying. Some use walkers, some use wheelchairs. One pulls an oxygen tank. Hyacinth, waiting by the counter, holds up a t-shirt. I took a stab at the name. What do you think? The shirt reads, Big Wishes, in big, bold letters. Big Wishes. I love it. Carla slips it on. Alex, holding a half-eaten Taylor ham and cheese, enters from the back, nearly tripping over a walker. Uh, are all these people here to buy their last mattress? I think they're here for me. You're not quitting, are you? No. Oh, good. Because it's like a zombie movie in here. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to help them all. The person pulling the oxygen tank collapses. Well, most of them. And we fade out. End of show. 
I do hope you enjoyed that. Definitely come back next week for my conversation with Kristen. Not only will you get some great intel on what it's like writing for SNL and Full Frontal, but Kristen worked in standards and practices and was the person who had the button, when the delay button when someone swore on a live broadcast. She was the one that had to hit the button. It's crazy. Dead Pilot Society is produced by me and my co-host Ben Blacker and our associate producer Noah Findling. And it is edited by Jordan Katz. Hey, if you like this show, please, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend. Follow us on social media to find out all the latest. We're on Twitter at Dead Pilots Pod and on Instagram at Dead Pilot Society. Until next time, I am Andrew Reich, and thank you. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.